The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. January 7th, 2024, New Mercies for a New Year, Disciplining Ourselves for Godliness, Part 2. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for this new year that you have chosen to bless us with, and I just pray, Lord, that this time would be honoring and glorifying to you. I pray that it would cause us all to um, just long to be with you more, Father, in your word, hearing from you, and in prayer, speaking to you, and um, just turning everything over to you in full submission, Lord, so that we would be ready for whatever it is that you have for us, Lord, for our growth, for our good, even if it doesn't feel like it, Lord, that you would be preparing us ahead so that we would have grace when any trial comes across our path, when any blessing comes across our path. Um, Lord, whatever you have for this new year, just help us to say, um, yes, Lord, here I am. Whatever you would have for me is what I want for myself. And um, Father, I pray that we would focus on our progressive sanctification, Lord, as we will not attain to perfection until we are in glory with you. So help us to focus on progress, not perfection. Lord, as women, we tend to err on the wrong side of that equation sometimes, and it can be discouraging. It can stop us. Um, So help us to focus on progress so that we would keep moving, Lord, and keep striving in your power, in your strength, by your Holy Spirit. So I just ask you to be with us this morning, Lord, in everything that we share and um, just help us to have ideas of how to be closer with you in this new year. It's in your son's name we ask all of these things. Amen. All right, so I am excited to wrap up this rapid-fire um, tour through the spiritual disciplines. Last week someone asked how, how we could possibly cover all of this in two weeks, and we can't, of course, um, and that's the simple answer, nor was that my intention. So my intention here was really just to point us toward, um, I had on the board last week, First Timothy 4.7. Do you guys remember what that, what that said? Something about living in a righteous life. Discipline yourself for the purpose of God. Yes, because you take good notes. It said, <laughs> discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And that's what we're here to do. Um, not because work gains us anything, right? We don't gain any more righteousness in God's eyes. We don't gain more favor. Um, We don't gain anything by our works, but it's our cooperation with the Holy Spirit that helps us to grow and grow more rapidly and to do the things that he desires us to do. Um, So our goal is to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. And my other intention in going through this was to help us do a little bit of self-examination at the beginning of the year. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. And as a new year comes, it's a great opportunity to reflect back on what are the things that I'm doing to grow in my relationship in the Lord that have become habits. I don't even have to think about them anymore. I get up in the morning and this is what I do. Um, before I go to bed, this is what I do. Whatever things you do as a normal routine in your um, habits, means of grace, spiritual disciplines, whatever you choose to call those things, the things that are habits are the things you're doing well, right? And also to examine 
what are some things, what are some areas that I would like to do more and more in this new year because I see the value there is to them. So um, those were kind of the twofold goals is let's examine and let's grow ourselves in discipline for the purpose of godliness and let's talk with each other and find out what others are doing well. I came across this amazing quote this week and when I went to put it into my notes, it's somewhere in my phone, gone, I have no idea, but it was great. It was from Elizabeth Elliot and what it really, it was such a short paragraph, I wish I could have found it for you ladies, but the bottom line of it was she talked about you know, hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, writing in terms of like reflecting on what she just read, i.e. meditation, praying it back to God. Like it was all of these spiritual disciplines, but they were effortlessly melded together because they were habits, right? We don't have to think about things that have become habits for us, right? Um, we do have to think and be very intentional as we're creating new habits. But once they're in place we find that we don't need to put them on checklists, to-do lists anymore because we just do them, right? We do them very naturally. So those are the things we want to strive toward. Um, We wrapped up last week with this really big statement from um, Donald Whitney, and I'll remind you and let you know for those of you who were not here, this book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, is where I got a lot of this material from. Another book that um, I leaned on pretty heavily is Disciplines of a Godly Woman. I know it doesn't have a cover, but Disciplines of a Godly Woman by Barbara Hughes. Um, If you have a husband who's interested in following the same path you are, Kent Hughes, her husband, wrote Disciplines of a Godly Man. They also wrote Disciplines of a Godly Family, and they've written a lot on this subject. Um, But these two authors approach these topics in very different ways, yet they say a lot of the same things. So he starts um, in, not starts, but in early in his book, he says, quote, No spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word. Nothing can substitute for it. There is simply no healthy Christian life apart from a diet of the milk and meat of Scripture. So we covered a lot of those different methods of Bible intake last week, but we're going to dive a little more deeply. I forgot to give you ladies your post-it notes. And if you have any leftover from last week, that's great. If you don't, there there were a couple that were missing, so I've got them up here. That exactly the perfect amount everybody got. Okay. So, um, who remembers the three methods of Bible intake that we talked about? Like the three main ways that we take the Bible in. There were three. Do you guys remember what they are? You're not talking about like reading it. I am. That's one. Hearing the word, reading the word, and. So that's one of the tools we talked about, and it's part of the third, which is studying the Word. So hearing the Word, reading the Word, and studying the Word. Um, And then the three tools, or, um, well, he calls them tools, but the three methods that we use to do those things were memorizing the Word, meditating on the Word, and then finally applying the Word, which is ultimately what we're supposed to be doing with it as we do all of those things. So let's start with hearing God's word. Um, I just handed out Luke 28, Romans 10:17, and 1 Timothy 4:13. So whichever of you found yours first, I think that's probably this front row right here. 
Okay, so Maureen's going to start us off with Luke 11:28. But he said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Okay, so we even hear in that, like, blessed are those who hear the word, and her translation said observe it, ESV says keep it. So we kind of hear that indication towards application even right there at the beginning. Uh, how about Romans 10, 17? Becky, do you have that? Yeah. Um, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Okay, so we hear the word of Christ, right? And then, Wendy, do you have 1 Timothy 4.13? Okay. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Okay, so not only are we to do this privately, but we're also to do it corporately. We talked about those two aspects last week. So all of these have a personal, private, and a corporate application. Um, So this really is the easiest way to take in the Word of God. Um, For some of us, this can be hard. Like if I'm listening to the Word, it's harder for me to keep my mind focused. I do better if I have it in front of me and I'm reading along. Um, So it's still is a discipline that needs to be cultivated, right? Does it require discipline? I'll ask this side of the room because you have very young children. Is it discipline to be here every Sunday morning? Yes. Would it be easier to be home right now? Yes. But you're here because it's important. And so, um, you know, we have to remember that those of us who are no longer in that season, like I had shared with a young mom last week, um, just talking about some of these disciplines, um, but did you hear what Jamie said? And I don't know, like, if you have young kids, you might have, like, clued in on it. If not, maybe not. But she said, I was reading an article this morning, and, and she gave the application of what she was reading, but I told this very young mom, like, not too far in your future, you will just be reading through the Word of God on Sunday mornings before church. And in some seasons, it's like, no, I can't ever imagine being there. But you will be, and so it's good. Um, So we can be encouraged by those who are a little farther down the path than we are. And that is the beauty of corporate worship, right? We hear from one another. We get that encouragement from one another. Um, And that that is a very good thing. So we talked about when and where you hear God's word. We talked about church, podcast, sermon audio, audio Bible. We even talked about, like, Um, Every Woman's Grace, if you're part of one of those Bible studies, has a lecture that you can listen to. Um, Even audiobooks can be a way to do this. Did any others come to mind as you thought about how and where you hear the word over the last week? Okay, that might cover. Podcast? I think Nate's coming out his article this Thursday. Oh, that's great. Um, And then there's some women's podcasts, too. Okay. Great. That's great. So keep your eye on our pastor's blog over the next week or so. Excellent. Yeah, you can just click on it. Thank also, you very much. Yeah, he's got some great. Really good ones on 
what I'm working through right now is um, cultivating godly emotions. Okay. Is that based on his book, Feelings and Faith? No, there's a okay. sermon series. Okay. With that too. Excellent. He preached back in 2008, I believe. Okay. Um, but I usually just put my earbuds in while I walk the dogs. Sometimes I don't like cleaning the bathroom. So <laughs> if, I, if I'm listening to a sermon, it distracts me. And you know, I'm like, there's just one of my chores I hate. <laughs> yeah. You are not I'm alone, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy that. Yeah. Just no, that's great. Yes. And I don't know if um, you guys are all aware. I was not aware, but I'm super not techie. Um, there is a, it's called Church One, and it looks much like our directory. It's this little blue, if oh, you can yeah. see that far. Yeah. Um, it's actually an, an app that takes you to Sermon Audio, and you can make Gold Country Baptist your home church. So, like, I get notifications when the pastor's message posts. I actually get notifications when the recordings from this class post. Um, but you can also, I think you can subscribe to other churches if there are others that you want to listen to. So that is a great app where I can, I don't have to go look for it anywhere. I don't have to type it in online. So, you know, when I get in the car and I'm ready to leave and I'm running late, I don't have to go look for something. If I want to listen to something, I can just click that and like in two buttons, I'm listening to what I want. What's the app called? It's called Church One, but it's that blue icon. There are many, many, many called Church One. Is it the number one or, or the number one? No, it's capital C, church, capital O-N-E. Okay. Um, and I can show it to you after if you want to get it on your home screen. I think it breaks down by speaker, too, which is really nice. It does. So, like, yeah. for our church, we'll have, like, Zenor yeah. or Graham Grant or, you know. So you say it's this blue one? Like, it is that blue one, yes. I'm yeah. searching for something specific. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's just like Sermon Audio, but just for me, it's much more um, user-friendly, yeah, that's, I guess that's what I would say. So it's been really nice to have it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, okay, so we kind of talked about how and when we do this. So my question for you is, how do you, just thinking about hearing God's word, how do you prepare your heart to hear God's word? Let me explain what I mean by that a little bit. Like, think about today's communion Sunday, right? So we will take communion, and our elders in our church are always very careful to not just hand out the elements, but we, they slow us down and make sure that we're prepared. They give us an opportunity to pray. They give us an opportunity to think through, should I be taking communion today? Do I need to go reconcile with someone or do I need to confess some sin before I take communion? So they're very diligent to slow us down a little bit. So how do you slow yourself down before you hear God's word? We can kind of do it the same way, okay. right? Because part of doing this is taking it seriously. Yep. And so in the same way, taking God's word seriously as we commune with God in the morning or whatever time we commune with God, because it can be all day long, but... Um, so preparing our hearts in that sense that we're taking it seriously, and so oftentimes I'll pray to kind of slow my mind down and um, just be mindful of what He has to, you know, asking Him for wisdom as I read His Word, and that I would hear what He has for me as opposed to what I have for myself, and um, yeah, just asking Him to reveal any sin um, or any relationships that need to be changed or, or whatever, or habits that need to be changed, so any change that needs to take place or transformation, and that His grace would be 
be over that. Not that every time I pray it looks like that. I mean, hello. So, <laughs> sometimes it's much shorter than that, but those are some elements to kind of slowing your mind down. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Anybody else have any thoughts? Are you going to say something? Okay. She covered it all. She covered it very well. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, really the key is just let's slow down, right? Um, we just need to take our time. Sometimes when I approach my Bible study in the mornings, I look at the clock, and I know that there's a limit, right, to the amount of time that I have, and I want to dive right into the Word. Sometimes I forget to pray, to just slow down. And my Bible study even has at the very top, pray, whether it's pray that God's character would be revealed to you, pray that you would understand how to apply the word, pray that you would just understand what you're reading, Um, but slow down and begin with a time of of prayer, of talking to him and asking him to be in our... Anxiety, prayer, my gosh. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. I have a setting, so for me, going in the living room, Mm. sitting on the couch, immediately calms me because that's where I go to study. Yeah. So just being there, pausing for a moment, taking a deep breath, and then saying a prayer, and then boom, it, that helps. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I think, like, you've hit on something that will, um, and we can talk about it now, we don't have to wait till we get to studying, but, like, if you have those habits in the morning, that's great. If you don't have those habits in the morning, or... Maybe even more importantly for this group of ladies, if you're in conversation with someone who's struggling with these habits, share these things with her. Like that's probably ultimately the biggest goal out of this series right here is, yes, self-examination. What spiritual disciplines could I be more diligent at developing in my own quiet time, in my own life this year, but also What am I hearing in conversation with other women, maybe particularly younger women in the faith? That doesn't necessarily mean younger chronologically. Some of you are very young. Um, But younger women in the faith, how are they approaching their study of the Word of God? Because sometimes I think, if you're saved in adulthood, I can speak to this. You think about studying, and it's overwhelming. It's not overwhelming to me now, because I know how to do it, but... I didn't when I first became a believer. So I was thinking, I was working full-time, I had a crazy schedule, and I'm like, how do I find an hour every day to do this? And you don't have to find an hour every day. Start small. And so we can really be an encouragement to other ladies to start small. Think about other habits and anchor them, right? You have a place, right? I have a place. And a very special cup of coffee. (laughs) Sometimes I'll be even studying for things in the evenings and, like, for teaching, for example. And I'll go, no, I'm just going to put this away because I'd rather do it with a cup of coffee. (laughs) I'm in my regular place, but I don't have my (laughs) cup of coffee. So I'll set my alarm, like, 30 minutes earlier the next morning and not do it at night so that I can have my cup of coffee. And my very quiet house, right? Yeah. So um, if you anchor them to things that bring you joy, a very special place in your home, a very special cup of coffee in the morning, or tea, if that's your chance, um, but anchoring them, I think, is really a good thing. And so we can come alongside others and say, like, don't be overwhelmed by it. 
It's simple. Let me walk you through it. And then grab a book like this and go through it yourself first. Um, I do want to pause for a minute there, this right here, because I had just, I think, said in the last series, someone had said, like, oh, you guys are talking about too many good books. I don't have time to read them all. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to read them all. Just keep coming to class and listen. We're unpacking the books for you. Okay, I'm totally backing off of that this week. This is a book <laughs> that you ought to read. Um, in fact, I picked this up at a friend's, and I started reading through the foreword. J.I. Packer wrote the foreword. And just in reading the foreword, before I finished it, I'm not an impulse buyer. I'm more of a borrower of books. Because, again, back to my bookshelf that has all the books with the you know bookmarks halfway through that I haven't finished yet. I'm like, I need to finish these before I buy more. That will be my reward. But I bought this before I finished the short two-page foreword because I knew I needed to have it. Because um, he even says, plan on reading it. Do you guys remember what I said? Three times. Three times. One over month three months. Like, yeah, not over three months. But when you finish it, mark the calendar, and one month later, begin it again. Because it goes deeper and deeper and will unfold more and more. And as you see, well, those are already my habits. You can think about how might I add one thing, right? We can all find five more minutes in our day if we wanted to add one good thing, right? Maybe, like, he wrote the family worship guide version of this, and my husband and I picked it up when he was here for his conference, when he did the Praying Through the Word conference, which is on Sermon Audio. Yes, and if you weren't here for it, who was here? Raise your hand if you were here. Okay, what was the most valuable part of his workshop for you? I've shared mine before. I don't know if you remember it. Anybody? Well, just the fact, I'm thinking just the fact that you can open up God's Word, especially like in the book of Psalms, and just go through, and certain things won't speak to you. But as you go through it, there's things that you'll be praying about because of what's in that God's Word that you wouldn't normally pray about. Yeah. And it just makes it a whole lot more three-dimensional. Do you remember how many did he say to read every day? Was it three? He said to read, like, so many psalms yeah. every day and then go back to the one that really yeah. spoke to you. Yeah. I don't remember how many it was, but, yeah. oh, gosh, go listen to that sermon audio if you weren't there. It's good. Even if you were, I might need to do that again. <laughs> it was so good. Anybody else remember? It was a long time ago, so maybe. Okay. Things get replaced. So what? But what stood out to me because I shared with you, I'm a very kinesthetic learner. He didn't just tell us how to do it. He said, "Okay." He taught us and said, "Great, we're going to do that now. Open it up." And I was like, "Oh, we're going to do it right now." But it showed me two things. Number one, I can totally do this. Number two, how fast you can do this. Yeah. This isn't like. Oh, I need a whole other hour in my day to pray through the scriptures. No. You don't. He did it so fast. Yeah. And it was so practical. So, like, immediately I'm like, I can do this. So it was great because he showed you yeah. anybody can do this. Right. So highly recommend that if you have time to listen to anything. Like, put that on your listen list. Um, but this book, he has a chapter on prayer. He starts off, the first two chapters are on Bible intake, and he goes through these three different ways that we take in the Word of God, hearing, reading, studying. He also goes through memorizing, meditating, and applying the Word of God. 
Um, so this book, and it also has a study guide that almost has, like, super short, like, maybe, okay, so on prayer, this first part, it's, like, four or five pages, four and a half pages, and it's a really, like, a mini-chapter summary, and then it has all the questions about, like, so here's what God expects, and it walks through the scripture. Here's how we learn how to pray. Here's how God answers prayer, and then he offers a closing prayer, and then a going deeper time. So this, these two things in conjunction, if you have anyone that you're coming alongside as, like, in a discipling relationship, these would be incredible resources to have. So he approaches them very practically. If you remember, there's Bible intake, there's prayer, there's, let me read them to make sure I don't miss any, there's worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence and solitude, journaling and learning, and then he has a chapter on perseverance and the discipline. Because sometimes the wheels come off the bus, right? That's just life. But we don't have to stay there, right, with the wheels off the bus. We can get them put back on, and sometimes we need to do that. So how have you done that? Have the wheels ever come off of your hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, and how did you put the wheels back on? For me, it's my nighttime routine. Okay. If I stay up too late, because I'm a morning person, I'm going to get up before my husband, and that's my time with the Lord. If I stay up too late the night before, which I've gotten in a nasty habit of doing, doing things that I don't even need to be doing, um, then I'm not waking up. I'm not alert, and then I'm having to jump right into things, and I my wheels are gone, and I don't have my foundation for the day. Yeah. So how do you put the wheels back on? Go to bed earlier. Yeah. And Which requires discipline. Discipline. Yes. yes. <laughs> it requires discipline. Yes. Anyone else? But for me, it was being sick a lot. Okay. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been sick and your family's been sick. But, uh, yeah, so just one thing at a time. I think you, I've had enough practice of trying to do too many things at once that I've learned that it's okay to just add one thing at a time that's actually wiser because you're more likely to do it. Yep. And, um, yeah, so it's just okay. And sometimes those resources are great because then you kind of just start over and you figure out what's important. One of the things that I, I do with my boys is we always have rest time in the afternoon. And so some of them go take a nap. And then I have a nine-year-old that doesn't nap anymore, obviously. And so he sits with me and he reads. And then trying to train him to read his Bible first before he reads another book. So that's the way that I discipline myself is that I always read God's Word before I pick up another book. Um, even if it's a a lot of the books I don't have time for nonfiction. Most most of my nonfiction is through our own you know homeschool study time. So um, anyway, so I'll read books about about God. And so those are still good books, but I want to have the discipline of reading my Bible. So a lot of times, what I've been doing lately is getting into the habit of just reading something small in the morning, like just a piece of scripture out of New Testament or something like that to kind of focus my heart and focus my mind and just have some quiet time in that way. And then I use our afternoon time when two of my kids are hopefully napping and Ben and I are sitting on the couch. And I can train him at the same time I'm sitting there and retraining myself. 
Um, and so that's just been a good little fit for us too. Because so, I want them also to learn to have habits themselves. And so my prayer with that is that they'll always take time to, to learn and hope that the best work first. So. Yes. And we know as mothers that more is caught than is taught, right? Yes. I can't believe that's not in the Bible somewhere, but, you know, I mean, it is in principle, but, yes, yeah, and they will catch that habit from watching you be faithful to do that, so that's great. Yes. Anybody else? What was your question again? When, <laughs> when the wheels fall off oh, the bus of your spiritual desire. Like, you know, when, when you find that you've lost habits that you had yeah. previously established, That's right. what do you do to get them back? Yeah. Sometimes it takes a while for me. It can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do part of them, right? <laughs> but like the, the memorizing... That wheel falls off a lot. We were going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Hold that for a second. I'm going to come back to you. Yeah. Um, but I think the key is we don't get discouraged. Yeah. Right? We don't go, oh, I blew it again. I'm not worthy. I'm never going to be able to do this right. Right? What did I say? Progress, not perfection. Right? right? Let go of the perfectionist tendencies. This is about relationship. Right. This isn't about checking boxes. Right. This is about growing in a relationship with our Lord and Savior, who has redeemed us, who has forgiven us, who is ready to receive me when I come back and go, yep, did it again. Help me, Lord. Help find this time because my schedule's changed. My life has changed. Something else is happening that wasn't happening before. That happens in different seasons of life. And so... I need to reestablish this habit. I need to, but I don't, I don't know where. I don't know, right? But I do know that when I am weak, you are strong. So help me to establish this again. Um, and know that you are not alone. Yes. Something else to remember, and Annie alluded to it, it's better to read a few verses with intentness than to read three chapters and have nothing. Absolutely. And that can happen. Yeah. Because you're just doing it by road. Yep. Yes. And, yeah. And yeah. so that pausing, and it's like you said, you're a kinesthetic learner, and you do better. I do too. I listen with my app, but I've learned my Bible has to be open. Yeah. And then that pause button is real helpful because if something strikes me, then I can stop and sit there and meditate on it for a little bit and look and see what's yeah. the context and where everything's hitting. And yeah. Yeah. Although I think I am going to try while I'm cleaning the bathroom because maybe that will like all focus my mind and it'll take my mind off of it. I like that tip. Thank you. I appreciate it. God can keep me focused on his word. Okay. So that's a great segue into reading the word. Who's got Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17? Lisa. Yes. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, how many of us have memorized that either on our own or with someone else? Maybe our kids, right? We know this. We know this, right? If somebody came to you and said, this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme, but this will be profitable, You would listen, right? This is the word of God saying this is profitable. So we need to listen and look to his word so that we will be equipped, right? Ready for whatever he has for us to do. How about Matthew 4, 4? 
But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes, and that's Jesus answering, right? Who was he answering there? Satan. Yes. So when I mentioned a minute ago, we can get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Guess who wants to discourage us? Yeah. Our enemy absolutely wants to discourage us. Um, all right. And how about Revelation? I don't think Revelation 1 verse 3 came back to me last week, so I will read that. It says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So that's the benefit of hearing, reading, and keeping, right? We're hiding his word in our heart, just as the psalmist says, so that we might not sin against God. Um, okay, so let's go to studying God's word. Um, we talked about this briefly last week, about the ways that some of us do that. So we covered um, every woman's grace study. Some of you are doing that in small or larger groups. We have Bible studies here at Gold Country. I know there's a Monday afternoon study. I believe there's a Friday morning study. Is there still a Friday morning study? Does anybody know? I think there's two on the phone. phone. On the phone with, um, okay. Just a couple, two or three with Nancy. Okay. So there's a phone study available. There's a couple on Monday. Okay, great. If there's Bonnie's in the afternoon, like and one-ish. And, and Laura Millican. Laura Millican. Do you know what time that is? just list to one, too. They was at 1.30. Okay. Okay. Is she doing an Every Woman's Grace, or is she doing something different? I think she was doing First Peter at one point. But okay. So, Kayla Woodward at the office will know everything that's happening because she keeps the calendar, right? Bonnie Orr can talk to you about her study. Laura Milliken can talk to you about her study. Um, or just ask other ladies. How are you studying the Word right now? Because, again, when others ask us, how are you studying the Word... Well, if I know this person well, and I know that, like, personality and temperament, they're very different than I am, I might say, well, this is how I'm doing it, but here are some other ways I've heard you might like this more, right? So we then have more resources that we can share with ladies other than just the way that we're doing it, because we're all wired a little bit differently, and there are a multitude of amazing studies out there, right, that we can tap into. Um so let's think about, let's kind of transition to the tools. Because I think when we're studying the word is where these tools come in a little bit more handy, memorizing, meditating, and applying the scriptures. So I want to talk about memorization briefly. Um, we had done a series, I don't remember how many weeks it was, and there is a recording if you would like it. Um, Maureen would be your best resource. I could probably find it, but I'd probably have to call Maureen to get it. <laughs> Andrew Davis wrote an online PDF that I was able to download. I did this years ago. It's called An Approach to Extended Memorization of Scripture. But he's just republished it um, this year as a book called How to Memorize Scripture for Life, From One Verse to Entire Books. Um, I can't recommend this highly enough if you are motivated to memorize long passages of Scripture. Um, there was actually someone who had done, who was it? Oh, I thought I had put it in my notes, and I, and who's the author? Andrew what? Andrew, Andrew Davis. Mm-hmm. I didn't put it in my notes, um, <coughs> but it might have been Donald Whitney. 
I'm sorry, I don't recall, but it's one of the authors we've talked about mm-hmm. who like couldn't recommend it highly enough. And he said at the time of the publication of the book, Andrew Davis has memorized almost the entire Bible. Like, can you imagine? And so one of the um, one of the endorsements of the book, he said, so I thought I'd test him a little bit. And he just started giving him opportunities to like recite scripture, and he met every challenge. And so um, I had read many years ago when I was reading this, and it might have come out of that. It might have been um, John Piper's endorsement of the book. I don't totally remember, but um, the pastor at the time said, why do I need to memorize long passages of scripture? Because my memory is so bad. So if you think you have a bad memory, that should be your motivation to do it. And you can do it, but it requires work. It really does require work, and it requires review. So whether you're memorizing short passages of scripture, maybe along with your kids, or maybe along with a ministry that you might serve as part of, or if you decide to tackle like longer passages of scripture, um, it is so good to have his word right there in our heart, right? Um, if you choose to write through the scripture, that's a great way. And there are so many. If you just Google write through the scriptures, you can find so many schedules. You can find some that they'll send you a calendar once a month. You can find others that are books that come with journals. I mean, you name it now. That is the nice part about the Internet. All of these tools and resources are right there at our fingertips. They so really are. when they're talking about right through the scriptures, mm-hmm. what, are they, what do they mean? So it's diff- different authors mean different things. So, for example, I used to do a right <coughs> through the scripture challenge where I would get a calendar once a month. And so the calendar correlated with attributes of God. So one month I would just be like day one. So like, you know, February 1st, here's your verse. But the theme for the month is the faithfulness of God. And so it would be anywhere from one to five or six verses. Take five minutes. Mm -hmm. And I would open my Bible, and I would put the date, and I would write out that whole passage of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Just copy it. Just copy the word. Mm -hmm. Writing the word. Okay. They have pretty journals like that, too. They do, yes. Yeah. Some gratitude or some verses around the specific subject. Yep. Yeah. If you like pretty things, and if not, you can get 25 composition notebooks at the beginning of the school year and hand them to your kids after they've learned their pretty cursive writing and say, "Great, now here's your copy work. It's the Bible. It's a great way to get it in front of them too." And songs are really great too. Yeah. There's some really non-cheesy songs that you listen to with your grandkids or kids. Even the spirit self, but kids of worship is an excellent resource. There is, I'm glad you said that, in the back of Barbara Hughes' book, she has hymns for your devotional time. And she has two whole pages of them along with authors. So if you're not sure like where to start, this is a great list. And you can photo you can just take a picture of this if you want to. Um, or you can grab this book. Um, you could probably, this is a, an old book. You could probably find it at Aid Books, at Thrift Books, at anywhere is a used book. Um, you know, if your book budget has um, either been self-restricted as I had to do. Tara, something else I've been seeing over the last year or so is people who do something called scripture mapping. Yeah, did not resonate with me. Yeah. I looked at that and I went, oh, the perfectionism in me, and I wouldn't be able to figure this out. But they take it's a because paper. you're not an artist. Yeah, I'm not an artist. So it's an art. I think it's an artist passion. Have any of you guys done any mapping? Um, okay, 
one of these books. Talks about meditation mapping is what they talk. Oh, I know what it is. There is a PDF. I have it if anyone would like a copy of it. That is <coughs> methods on meditation of meditation on scripture. This is a summary of 17 ways from Donald Whitney's book to meditate on scripture. And down at the bottom is using meditation mapping. So you put a verse or a phrase or word or a topic to be meditated on in the middle of the page. Um, he says when possible, this should be done in picture form. If you have kids who are artistically minded, look at Picture Smart Bible Study. And it has, or if you are artistically minded, and it walks your kids through the scriptures, but it has for every book, I think it's every book of the Bible, um, it could break it down further, but there's like one page. And so for each passage they read, they color just that part. If you want to take a look at it, I have it. Um, just remind me and I'll bring it. It's so cool. Um, and it puts that visual, if you have visual learners, it puts that visual of that passage of scripture in your kids' minds or in yours. Like, they're, it's, this is not a coloring page for your very little kids. This is a coloring page for, like, your middle school kids. It's very complex. Um, allow insights, ideas, and thoughts to come quickly and freely. Use keywords to represent your ideas. Connect your keywords. Um, connect your keywords, that must mean and ideas, to the central focus with lines. Use as few words as possible. Print all the words for easier reading, although nowadays a lot of young women are into, like, brush lettering, and that would be a pretty way to do this, too. Use color for emphasis and recall. Make frequent use of symbols and pictures. And the two resources that they list for this is Tony Buzan, the mind map book, and Joyce Wyckoff, mind mapping. And those are 90s resources. So, yes, that is a great way to meditate on the word. So, if you um, raise your hand if you'd like a copy of this, because I could just make copies and bring Okay, I'll just make copies and bring them next week, and I'll put them right on that table. Um, but that is great for meditating. Um, on memorization, is this something any of you do regularly? Do any of you have a Bible memory plan? No, but I have to tell you that when we spent that day and a half together, uh, Michael and I, for New Year's Eve and mm -hmm. New Year's Day, um, I did memorize a passage, and um, and then we did a little fasting in that, and it was just great. fun. But That's you really just great. literally have to block out that time yeah. to do it because you know your day goes so quickly. Yeah, but it was. It was so enjoyable. For those who weren't here last week, talk to us, just recap briefly what that day and a half was about. So we talked about, um, did we talk about how we would start the new year or take a look back at what we did that was, you know, good things and things you wanted to improve and things you wanted to do for the new year. And that's what we did. We literally took that day and a half to do that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it was just, it was it was just really pleasant, and um, and part of it, because like I said, my weakness is scripture memory, and so I had myself memorize that's a great passage. Yeah. Do you review that passage that you memorized? Yes, but okay. I need to review it more because okay. otherwise it'll go just stay yeah. in my short-term memory, not in my long-term yeah. memory. And if you're looking for <clears throat> ways to set up a Bible memorization program with review built in, yeah. unless you're doing like a long passage of scripture yeah. that's all connected, yeah. um, but you could still use this. 
There are great index card setups. You can find them online. Right. If you can't find one, just ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, it's really great because you set up a box. It takes a little bit of time at the beginning, but it makes all of your reviews so seamless and easy moving forward. You could use this for your kids. You could gift this to a grandchild if you wanted to, mm-hmm. where you set it up for a month at a time. And some verses, once you learn them, this is just for review, once you learn them, some verses you memorize on odd days, some on even days, some on every Monday you'll review some verses, every Tuesday you'll review, and they're different all the time. And so, But there's different ways that you can go through. So on any given day, you'll be reviewing um, two or three scriptures you've already hidden in your heart, um, and then you're also working on memorizing one. But it's just a simple index card box that you set up, and you write out the verse, and then you just file it. Where once it's memorized, you file it behind whatever tab you're supposed to file it behind next, and that's when you review it. it um, our One of our old music pastors has done that and continues to do it, and he's 70... He's 77 or 78, Steve Moore. And we've, you know, when we go to visit them or they come late at night, his wife's in bed, he's got his little index card and he's working on it. Yeah. It's quite impressive. Yeah, and it's a simple way to do it. And while you're memorizing the scripture, who can't fit one index card somewhere on your person as you're going throughout your day, right? So when you're sitting waiting for an appointment, pull out your index card and review it. You know, for me, while I'm sitting waiting for my child to finish their grammar so we can review it, pull out my index card and take a look at it. So is it, you can actually buy the kit, though, that they does the work for Maybe. Or probably. I've never, I've never done that. I okay. just, I mean, it's so easy to make. Yeah. Um, that I have made them in the past for my yeah. kids. I have never bought one. But I'm sure you could buy one. Yeah. If you can't buy one anywhere, let me know. Maybe we could... Yeah. Manufacture it and sell it. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, on the topic of memorizing, um, I do want to read you one quote from Donald Whitney's book. Uh, and then we're going to have to move quickly. I'm running out of time. So, he says, um, and this is, I think this ought to be really convicting to us as more mature believers and encouraging a source of encouragement for those who are younger amongst us. He says the word of God is the sword of the spirit, but the Holy Spirit cannot give you a weapon you have not stored in the armory of your mind. Imagine yourself in the midst of a decision and needing guidance or struggling with a difficult temptation and needing victory. The Holy Spirit rushes to your mental arsenal, flings open the door but all he finds is a John 3.16, a Genesis 1.1, oh oh and a Great Commission. Those are great swords, but they're not made for every battle. How do we go about filling our personal spiritual arsenal with a supply of swords for the Holy Spirit to use? We memorize it. We hide it in our hearts. And even while we're working on memorizing it, we'll be able to paraphrase it to ourselves if we need it. Yeah. We'll be able to paraphrase it to a friend if she needs it. And even if we're not diligent at review, once we've hidden in our heart, we can pull out the paraphrase, yeah. right? I don't know how many times I have said to someone, I'm paraphrasing, but this is the gist of it, right? Because I've studied it. 
I've meditated on it. I've maybe memorized it. Maybe not. Maybe I just studied it. But I know what it says because I've got more in my arsenal than a John 3.16, a Genesis 1.1, and the Great Commission. We need more. And the nice thing about Google mm-hmm. is that when you remember the verse, but you can't remember yeah. where it is, you can quickly right. like plug yeah. it yeah. in, and, and, and then you can open your Bible yeah. Yeah. and say, here's what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. I do but, but what friend in the midst of a difficult season yeah. is going to push you at that moment for yeah. the Bible address, right? Yeah, exactly. They're not. They're not. And so you just say, I'm going to send you the reference a little later, and then you can center the reference with the whole passage right. so that she's now got that, right? How do we preach truth to ourselves if we don't have truth risen, hidden in our hearts, Right? I found myself recently very, very weary in a particular battle. And I stopped myself in the middle of the starting to go down and went, okay, wait, do not grow weary. And I just stopped myself and I thought, okay, what is that whole scripture? And I got it and I meditated on it and I thought on it and it totally turned my thinking around, which turned my attitude around, which turned my intentions around. Like the whole cycle backed itself up because I was thinking after God's thoughts, not after my own, right? My own thoughts are not helpful in those moments, ever. They've never proven helpful in those moments. Only God's thoughts are helpful in those moments. But if I don't have them to find in my memory banks, then I am going to default to my own thoughts. And that's not where we want to be, right? Um, Meditating on the word, Donald Whitney defines as, quote, deep, Thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. Does someone have Joshua 1 8? Did I hand that out today? Yes. Would you read that, please? Yeah. It's in Joshua. <laughs> okay, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Yes, then you will have good success. What a blessing. Who doesn't want to be successful in the eyes of God, right? So there is a promise there for us to engage in. Thomas Watson, a Puritan we've quoted here before, says, quote, The reason we come away so cold from reading the word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. So slow down. We just need to slow down. Donald Whitney says of Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Does someone have that? I don't know if I handed that out today, but you you all know Psalm 1, 1 through 3. So I'm going to rush ahead because we're pushed for time here. But Donald Whitney says the result of such meditation, right, because in Psalm 1, the psalmist is meditating on the word day and night, right? The result of that day and night meditation is, he says, quote, stability, fruitfulness, perseverance, and prosperity. Not prosperity in the world's eyes, just so we're careful. Um, prosperity in God's eyes, right? We will prosper in our faith. We will grow in our relationship with him when we slow down and meditate on the word, hide the word in our heart. So, so what, what was the definition he said? Deep thinking? What? Deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in scripture for the purpose of understanding application and prayer 
and there's just a like conglomeration of spiritual disciplines, right? We read, we study, we hear the word to understand it, to apply it, and to pray it back to God. So, ladies, I have not even scratched the surface on my notes here, but we are going to move on next week. Um, please do come back. There is a small booklet called um, The Something of Self-Forgetfulness. What is it? Blessedness. The blessings of self-forgetfulness. There is something, the blessedness of self-forgetfulness. It's a small booklet, um, and Jamie Layton is going to be unpacking that truth for us next week. I'm sorry I didn't have the title of her talk written in my notes. Um, But really, it's about um, putting off selfishness and what we need to put on in its place. And so if any of you struggle with loving yourself a little too much. I know none of you do, but if any of you do, please come back and join the rest of us next week because we will talk about the freedom of self-forgetfulness. That's what we're going to be talking about. Tim Keller, small booklet, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. But there may be an article called The Blessedness. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, So anyways, um, I... Coaster calls it self-trust. Yes. Yes. And we're reading ooh, about gosh, I don't. That can bit like I don't want to trust myself yeah. when I could be trusting the Lord. That's yeah. that's a, a good phrase to turn me from that really quickly. Um, but anyways, I hope that this has motivated you to think about the things that you're doing to grow in your relationship with the Lord, and motivate you to motivated you to think a little bit differently about other ways of doing that, so that we can come alongside other ladies in their walk and in their growth and in their um, striving towards progressive sanctification, not perfection, right? We said last week, like a pastor said, all of us are going to limp into heaven. None of us will be perfect before we get there. And so, um, but we do need to be growing and that's what, that's what God's will is for us. So we need to pay attention. So let's pray. Go upstairs. Oh, gracious heavenly father, we are so thankful for you. We are so thankful for your son and, Lord, we are thankful for the time that you carve out for us each week, that we can be here with one another. Father, I pray that you would um, remind us what a blessing there is in corporate fellowship, corporate worship, coming together to hear and read and study the Word of God. Lord, um, just as there is much fruit to be gained from studying it, hearing it, and reading it privately, Lord, would you help us to grow in these spiritual disciplines in the Lord, not out of a desire to just do more, Lord, but out of a desire to grow more, out of a desire to cooperate with the progressive sanctification, Lord, you have told us is already done. You told us, Lord, that those that you have foreknown, you have predestined to be conformed into the image of your Son. So we trust you with this work. We thank you for the work that you're doing in each one of us. And, Father, I just pray right now that you would bring others into our path that we might encourage in this same way that you have encouraged us. I pray, Father, that these women would um, just pick up one book this year in out of a desire to grow in relationship with you through one of these disciplines, whether it's through worship or evangelism, through journaling, through learning, through persevering. And there are just so many wonderful books in this regard, Lord, so just help us to pick one good one and walk through it this year. Would you just prepare our hearts right now to slow down as we 
think about going upstairs to hear your word. Would you help us to look for one who might need encouragement and encourage her with the word of God? And uh, Father, if we're the one that needs encouragement this morning, would you bring someone else alongside us to encourage us with your word, Lord? And help us to just be focused on the body of Christ while we're here and focused on our families when we go home so that we might please you and glorify you and one day, Lord, hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Help us to serve you better. And it's in Christ's powerful name we ask your help in these things. Amen.